Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Big Blend Radio. Uh, we are so excited to welcome back award-winning author Julia Brewer-Daily. Uh, she was on our show, oh, I think was it this year? I, you know, don't ask me dates. Uh, but it was with her novel, No Names to Be Given, and that was through Admission Press. And now she is back uh, with another novel, The Fifth Daughter of Thorn Ranch, and that's also through Admission Press. And this is a super cool book to read, uh, just like her other one. Um, this is set on a Texas ranch, a over a million acre ranch, like we're talking a big ranch, and we're talking a lot of family history and all kinds of mystical mysticism. So I encourage you to go to her website, juliadaily.com, and uh, she is off and running with the book so you can go get it now and even the audio book right Julia welcome back thank you so much for having me back yeah so you're doing an audio book it's out an ebook and hardcover right all three things and paperback all and of paperback the, all the wow. versions <laughs> awesome awesome and the this... narrator for the for the mm -hmm. audio book did a great job with a slight Texas accent <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. I was gonna say, did you read it yourself? No, I have too much of a Southern accent yeah. to read it. <laughs> Got your Mississippi roots going there, right? Yes. <laughs> but you are based in uh, Texas, you know, in the wine country, the hill country, beautiful area. But this, this is set where in Texas? It, it's it's just, kind of like reminds me of Big Bend area. It really is. It's it's West Texas, well, uh, Southwest Texas, mm -hmm. on the border of Mexico and Texas. Oh, but over a million acre ranch. I mean, that is quite a monster to try and you know manage. And uh, you've got Emma in there that's like taking the reins literally, and. Um, wow the book gets mystical and interesting because it makes you think of the indigenous people of this country and um yeah and also including mexico right so this is some interesting history but where did this story come from for you is it from living in texas what where did you get this idea <laughs> When my husband and I moved to Texas seven years ago, I just became enamored by the ranches here, especially those that have been in the same family for generations. And we visited King Ranch, and it was once, if not still, the largest ranch in Texas and many other states. And it did number one million acres. Wow. And now today it's only 850,000 acres. So I guess a ranchette by texas standards but a million acres can you imagine that's the size of new york and la combined that would be like four counties that's larger than some states on the eastern seaboard and wow. we travel to mesa verde national park i'm sure on your travels mm -hmm. you've been there as well and I witnessed these incredible ruins there that look like condos built into the side of the mountain. And the guides told us they don't know why the ancient people left those homes, whether it was drought or disease or warfare. And so my imagination kicked in and I thought, well, if they left there, 
they might have traveled to Texas. So the second novel's premise is that the heiress to the largest ranch in Texas stumbles upon an ancient people living on her property. And we have to think, will she escape or reconcile herself to the fact that she's going to be away from her family forever? So that's that's the premise of the story. Wow. And, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, you talk about the cliff dwellers and in this, it's they're underground, literally. It's like it reminded me of Sinbad, the sailor, when he had that magical cave that he went into with all the formations and everything. It's just this mystical place. Right. And and pure and happy. It's kind of like a utopia in a way when you when you first start reading, you're like, ooh, but um I love that you're bringing that in because there is mysticism involved with the cliff dwellings and ceremonial sites like out in Chaco Canyon in northern New Mexico. I don't know if you've been there, but they these are ceremonial sites. And then a little bit north in a town called Aztec, um, is in, which is also small, but it's on river areas. They had more of their living quarters and then would go to the ceremonial sites. But people are like, they vanished. There's the Salida people up in... Um, Arizona and Tonto area, there's these, we don't really know these people moved. Was it hunting? Was it water? Like you were saying, it could be all these different things, but we never quite know the real story, you know? Well, I was told all of my life that I was Native American. I thought mm -hmm. that I was uh, Cherokee. So I told people all my life that I was, and I still identify as Native American, even though my DNA results say different. <laughs> so I'm fascinated. And when I saw that, uh, those ruins, I was just, you know, awestruck by mm. this people who built such incredible places without any machinery, you know, without anything that we have in the modern world. And that mm -hmm. really fascinates me. You know, when um, we went to uh, the Gila cliff dwellings in uh, New Mexico, Southwest New Mexico, and, and we've been to Mesa Verde many years ago. And I remember getting supposed to do this little nature hike and then go up to the cliff dwellings. And somehow we ended up on a day long hike somewhere. I don't know, <laughs> kind of got lost. That was really cool. Um, and it just there, I mean, it, it is amazing how they built these things and then also how they grew and how they did agriculture. It, it's like in the Gila cliff dwellings, they would go on top of the cliff dwellings. So they'd go on like on the roof, but and then go all the way down for water. And I'm like, these people were fit, you know? They didn't have vertigo like I do of being up top. <laughs> yeah. No, apparently not, but it's really a fascinating culture and it really draws me in every time. I just love seeing anything about it or reading anything about it. And I wanted to make sure that I stayed true to the culture as, as much as I possibly could. So I did have sensitivity readers from both the Native American side as well as the Latina side to make sure that I got these stories as accurate as possible. Yeah, you know, I like that too, that you also bring in the um, you know, the, the ranch family and talk about their connection to the land and then having to, you know, really make hard decisions. And, you know, it's, it's a very, um, it's, it's forgiving, but unforgiving with what they do. And they they really do have to work with nature, not against nature. And so it's a lot of light. It's kind of like a coming of age story for Emma too, right? Or adulthood. <laughs> I think so. And I think she realizes that what she thought was a simple or unsophisticated 
culture really was a lot more sophisticated that survival is very complicated and uh, there are still uncontacted tribes around the world mm -hmm. who are living these lifestyles so i think it's really intriguing and my reviewers are comparing it to yellowstone meets the last of the mohicans or outlander and so um you know it's getting a lot of press for that because yellowstone of course is so popular right now and it started off not being remember that people were like no i don't know and and i'm like it has to be it's got ryan bingham in it and he's cool i mean talk about west texas and and new mexico he's like from that you know that's his his playground but you know you, i just feel like there's such a connection to nature um is that something dear to you is is the land it really is i grew up in a really small town and my father always had farmland and he was so connected to the land he he bought land anytime he could and my mother said you know we're tax poor on this land trying to pay the taxes and he would say well they're not making any more of it so he loved the land he loved cattle and he loved you know being on the land and and growing these these massive vegetable gardens that could feed the county and we would have to sit there every summer and and peel tomatoes and put up green beans and shell those peas and we would just say please daddy don't bring any uh, more vegetables home <laughs> he put us all to work <laughs> so you got your hands dirty so you, yeah. you you know the other thing is you're it's uh, very um female oriented too so going through, you know, from your first book to this one, and so it seems that you have a penchant for giving women a voice of all ages. I really do, and a lot of people who have read it say that that I flipped the cowboy world on its head and made the women the the protagonist the star protagonist in the book and they own the land and it's passed down from female to female so that's a real uh, shift in what normally went on on ranches because mm, you also look at the women in history of the ranch too uh you know going from the mom to the you know the grandma and kind of looking at you know what their lives were like and so i i wouldn't want to mess with them <laughs> <laughs> no and and it's um both of my books are being shopped to studios in Hollywood and they're awesome. generating a lot of interest because, you know, studios today are gobbling up these intellectual properties for all these streaming services that we now mm. have. And they were very interested because the women, the females are the major characters in these books and they, mm. they really like that. I like that you're giving them voice for sure. You know, it's just, and it's something that, you know, the first book was, you know, looking at women that had to give up their children for different reasons, the three women and um, not knowing, and that's it, you know, um, that's a big thing women are dealing with. And I look at what's going on now for women. So, you know, it's like, now is not the time for us to be hush hush. We do need to talk about women's history, women's rights, women in the role of everything. Um, and like women, you know, on the ranch, it's always usually been like, oh, you're in the kitchen, you're managing yeah. the kitchen. That's what people think. But there's so much more that women do on ranches, way more. It, it definitely is. I've talked to so many people who have been on the same property for five, six, seven generations here wow. in Texas. And it, without the women, they wouldn't have survived. You know, these were these were strong strong women 
and they were able to handle a lot of adversity that I don't know that I could do <laughs> on, mm. on a ranch these days. Well, the other thing too, and you look at Texas, I mean, you, you could, you could go through drought, there's huge windstorms, you know, and, and even tornadoes, depending on where you are. Um, and then the land is pretty rough. When you look at cactus, you're looking at rattlesnakes, you're, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, everybody, when you read the book, you'll read, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, but you've got the texture of the land, man, you really do. And I'm, I love the desert. But as you know, we travel the country. And so you get that, like, all right, now we're in humidity. And I'm like, oh, it's nice and pretty and lush. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what, I want some desert heat. And there's something there. I think that's what's so cool about this book, because to me, the desert is mystical. There is something just very ancient about the rock formations, the geology, the sand. It's very spiritual to me. It really is. And my husband says that there is beauty in the desert. If people can't see it, they're just not looking closely enough because, you know, when the desert blooms, it is just oh. really, really beautiful. And we went to Big Ben National Park and just to see the ruins of the the log cabins that were there from these settlers and to see the rocky soil and to imagine them trying to, you know, create a, a garden there. I mean, mm -hmm. I was just uh, appalled at what they had to go through to try to exist there. Mm, they do it though. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing and things that, and they worked with the land, you know, the indigenous people know the land, they work with the land, they don't work against it. And they have massive respect, you know, for the natural world. So I think that's something we can learn to this day, you know. Um, I know that you've got a podcast now. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, as if being a late in life author is not enough, I began a podcast called Authors Over 50, and it celebrates those of us who wrote our first book after the age of 50, and I've already launched 88 episodes just since March, and wow. I've, I've interviewed such interesting people, doctors and attorneys and MBAs and those in their 80s and 90s who are still writing beautiful work. And so I, I guess I'm the poster child for it's never too late to write a book or learn a musical instrument or another language or start a business because this stage of my life, I call life's sweetest third. And so I just encourage everybody to join me on this journey to recreate ourselves and launch a second or third or even fourth career. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we live longer and longer these days, you know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> but it's, but at the same time, it's like, why, why lock yourself into one thing? I mean, that's why we're the blend. I mean, we want to do everything. And I think one thing about that's so cool about writing is that you get to learn so many different things. You can have different careers as a writer. I mean, you got to be a ranch woman <laughs> you know, writing this, right? Well, yes. And, and we own a ranch here in Texas now. And my husband ah. goes out there every day and, and works the ranch. And, and it's just it, like you said, it, it's just inspiring to be on the property and not to see anybody for miles around and to, mm -hmm. to hear the quiet. Um, mm -hmm. There, there's not a, a sound, a sound on the ranch unless an airplane flies over. And that's very rare. But, you know, just to see the property as it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years is, is really, it is a spiritual experience. It is almost like having a national park 
right? It, in, if it hasn't been touched too much, I mean, obviously ranching is you're touching land, but from what I know, the ranchers that I know, especially these family ranchers, they care deeply about, you know, their livestock, um, you know, or if they're doing, you know, agriculture too, but they know that if you, you don't mess with the land, you don't, don't mess with Texas, don't mess with the land, you know? And that's one beauty that we have seen here in, in our little neck of the woods are the young people, the children beginning so early to, to learn about livestock and to show their, their cows, their sheep, their goats, you know, at the livestock shows. And they're just learning so much about the animals and their land and how to exist there. And I just hope that's going to continue for many generations to come. Yeah, me too, for sure. So are you writing another book? Well, I'm waiting to hear from the script writer in Hollywood, whether they want me to give the rest of the story and, and begin where I left off uh, in the fifth daughter, or whether they want me to go back to the first daughter of Thorn Ranch, which would be with the Spanish land grants. So we're trying to decide whether we go to the beginning or whether we tack a tail on this one that's already been finished. <laughs> Oh, wow. I can't wait. You've got to keep us all posted on this. You know, we want to see more and see what happens. And maybe this is, this could be one of those sagas that continues on and on and on. I mean, I, I grew up reading all these historical novels that just kept going with the family generations and all the, I mean, it's, it's drama, you know, it's human drama. It's gossip, really. It really is. And you can imagine each woman on that ranch, you know, mm -hmm. through the generations and, and what they would uh, encounter in each generation. And so, um, and then I can also um, have the Native Americans at the same time, you know, so we can have a dual timeline and, and dual protagonist. And, and it, it, I think it would be very interesting. My, my husband warns me not to get my hopes up because Hollywood could could uh, take the rights and then sit on it for 20 years. And I've told him I'm too old. I'd like to, you know, be pushed in my wheelchair down the red carpet to see it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Though yeah. I think the way all these streaming things are that it does turn around pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was, that was the interesting thing is like how fresh your novel is too. Mm -hmm. I mean, even dealing with the pandemic, you make notes to that. And I'm going, you put Netflix in there too. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm giving you a spot now. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, that's no, it's cool. It's, I think it's going to appeal to a younger set of readers as well, a younger generation of women. Um, I think all generations, but I think it's going to appeal um, for younger women to to also the ones that are out on ranches and out in wilderness areas, rural areas in a in the country, because we forget about them. You know, it's like and they live a different life than being a city slicker, you know. So it's it's something for them to identify with and know that they're recognized. You know? I hope so. I hope that is mm -hmm. is the case. Yeah. Well, everyone, again, the book is out now. You can go get both of them. So The Fifth Daughter of Thorn Ranch, 
I love Thorn Ranch too. That makes sense. <laughs> it really does. And the other one is No Names to Be Given, both through Admission Press and again, go to Julia's website. It's juliadaily.com. And that's D A I L Y, juliadaily.com. And you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have you back on the show. We just Thank can't you. get too far in that story. Otherwise, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. it's too too magical everybody (laughs) you gotta go read it thank you so much for having me